This is the podcast, Imaginary People, Places, and Things, and I'm your narrator, Julie Liddell Whitehead. Today, the story is about burnt toast. Making breakfast. He stepped out of the shower and immediately smelled burnt toast yet again. Yesterday, he had asked his wife what she was going to do when the kids burned the house down fixing toast by themselves. They're not going to burn the house down, she'd said. They're learning cause and effect and independence. His wife was a great believer in the children being independent. Once the oldest had hit five years old and started kindergarten, his wife had started letting her pick her own clothes out for the day. Now, seven years later, all three of the children were doing their own clothes, packing their own lunches, and fixing their own breakfast while his wife slept in every morning, barely getting up in time to see them off to school. He had to admit they were doing okay for a bunch of kids. The 12-year-old made sure everyone got up on timing to get everything ready. He tried helping them out at first, but he seemed to just get in the way. Now he just showered and got ready for the day as his mechanics dropped himself. He was glad today was payday. He was going to put down the last payment on new toaster the kind that popped the toast up for you when it was done before it was burnt. Surely even the eight-year-old could operate that. He was going to bring it home tonight and surprise them all. He came into the kitchen and watched his wife work the cocktail shaker for a vodka martini, her hair black, tousled, and curly. She was wearing a pink short-sleeved nightgown with embroidered flowers. She would likely stay in it all day. She never ate breakfast. He wasn't sure how much she was actually eating nowadays. She either cleaned up her lunch dishes as soon as she finished or she didn't eat at all. He did know that she would sip on the oversized martini glass all day as she cleaned and did laundry, except on Wednesdays when she would go to the library and stock up on cheap romance books and then go grocery shopping at the corner deli. Then she would dress up in her best slacks and tops and make her face up to go out. He liked seeing her when he came home those days. She still looked young and fresh to him then, and he liked that feeling she gave him. She would fix dinner in the crockpot and read her library books in the afternoons before the children came home from school, finishing a martini just as they got off the bus. After the kids went to bed, she would lie on the couch and drink two or more oversized martinis while he watched his cop shows, Starsky and Hutch, Colombo, Rockford, Quincy, and passed out about the time Johnny Carson came on. She was so skinny and short that he would usually pick her up and carry her to bed. But more often lately, he just lay her lie there until she woke up sometime in the night and came to bed on her own. The kids were going about their business quietly enough. They knew their mother had bad headaches in the mornings and didn't like them to make too much noise. He himself didn't eat breakfast at home. He left early to take the bus to the nearby diner and have a proper breakfast of eggs, bacon, toast, and black coffee. He once tried taking the kids with him, but they missed their regular bus to school, and he had to wait with them to catch the next one to get there, even though it made him late to work. He didn't know how to explain what happened to his boss, so he just said he overslept his alarm. So this morning, he went and kissed her on top of her head. I'll see you tonight, he said. Have a good day, Timothy, she whispered. She was trying not to lose her voice. Last night, she had drunk a hot toddy, and that was probably why she looked so sleepy today. He liked it that she called him Timothy. Everyone else shortened it to Tim. It was even that on his work shirt. But she always called him by his full name with respect, and he appreciated that. 
Try using a heating pad on your chest, he said. He had bought her a new one last Christmas for her frequent chest colds. The only thing he worried about was her tendency to fall asleep with one on during the day. Be good kids, he said as he headed out the door. Yes, sir, they said in unison. His wife put her hand to her head. He cashed his paycheck at lunch at the corner bank and stuffed his wallet in his pocket as he walked out. He had been paying on the toaster for six weeks now and would finally be able to take it home tonight. He felt proud of being a provide for his family so his wife didn't have to work and at keeping the secret for so long. He couldn't wait to see his wife's face when he brought it home. He took the bus to the hardware store and got the toaster, a bright green one to match the refrigerator with openings for four pieces of bread. He waited patiently for the bus back home, holding the box under one arm. He got off the bus at his stop and immediately smelled a scent like burnt toast. But he was too far from the diner for that to be it. He started walking home as the scent got stronger. He turned the corner and saw smoke. He dropped the toaster on the ground and ran. This has been the podcast Imaginary People, Places, and Things, and your narrator, Julie Liddell Whitehead. And remember, a story is only as true as you believe it to be.